Welcome back, everyone. This is Eric Ellison with the Digital Education Podcast. And we're amidst a series, um, uh, a multi-week series, just kind of the short podcast that we did this summer, asking a singular question of people um, in our profession. And that singular question that we're asking this fall is who's missing? Who's missing from school leadership, our classrooms, our profession? And today I'm with Grace Lee, who works down in Georgia, but then is also connected with an organization in Korea. So Grace, I'm just gonna turn it over to you and ask that question of from where you sit and from your experience and from what you're seeing, who's missing? Thanks, Eric, so much for giving me the opportunity to tune in and just to be part of this conversation. Always just love being in Christian education and um, just hearing the different stories and experiences from people all across the nation. And I know being part of a network with people in the UK and that's how we grow. Uh, that is the body of Christ. Uh, so my name is Grace and I am from Georgia, Georgia Peach, born and raised. Uh, so about four, I live about 30 minutes south of Atlanta and I'm first generation Korean American. So my parents and my grandparents um, immigrated from Seoul, South Korea. And I grew up going to Christian schools, um, didn't get saved until I was a junior in high school. Um, and I've been at Eagles Landing Christian Academy for five years. And this is my third year as director of diversity. Uh, also just really cool is that I work at the school that I graduated from. So I was here as a student from eighth to 12th grade. And um, it's just cool to be able to see the head of school who was my former principal and um, teachers that were now my colleagues. And um, so I work here at the school uh, part-time and then I also work with a ministry called GUM, which means dream in Korean, just to shorten it. And we support scholarships and different summer camps, holiday parties for children in South Korea at um, children's homes. So just working with at-risk youth and um, young adults that have aged out of the uh, social welfare system. So when you talk about the, con the, the conversation of who is missing, just being, you know, I think it's people like me of just more people of color. And I say that of that is why I'm in Christian education is that a lot of times when I'm having conversations with students as director of diversity, I say to myself all the time, I say, man, I wish there was someone like me when I was a student here. Um, our school wasn't very diverse at the time. And we had about maybe maybe 10 Asian students out of the whole school, you know, K three through 12. And that really shaped who I was of not having enough self-confidence in my identity in Christ. And so um, I was looking for that representation in other things and um, actually going to Korea with my parents the just cultural influence um, and just understanding more of the language I still can't articulate it to this day, but living in Korea as a Fulbright scholar for one year has helped shape who I am so much because I feel like now I understand my culture. I've been able to experience it. I've been able to see so many people um, and just have those shared experiences. And so to be able to have that, to be able to go to a very diverse college and then come back into Christian education, um, so I, I really feel like just in administration and school leadership, 
that people of color are missing. It is a missing piece in Christian education. Um, I think another thing that's missing is a sense of vulnerability. I'm very vulnerable, maybe a little too much when I talk to my students or just even as I'm sharing my testimony in chapel. And I think sometimes, and I know some people would differ, but this is just for, for me personally and spiritually, um, there's nothing that's new, right? So what we struggle with, um, the kids are going through and it's just, it's a new, it's a new day and age. It's a, it just, you, you put a different title on it, but we're all dealing with the same thing. And the core thing is that we all at the end of the day want to build, feel valued. We want to feel loved and we want to feel accepted. So we're all looking for the sense of community and we've gone through it. So being able to share our pains, being able to share our, our faults, being able to share our flaws, because God says that we're all imperfect and that we serve a perfect God. And so being able to just share our pitfalls, I think more with our students so that they are able to connect, say, wow, like I'm not the only one going through this. Cause I think a lot of students nowadays are dealing with a lot of um, just mental health concerns of just anxiety and depression. And they feel like they're so isolated. And we're so, we're so connected digitally, but yet we're just so much more emotionally isolated. We, we can be in a room with a hundred people, but just yet still feel very lonely. And so I think a lot of students, not just in Christian education, but just um, being in secondary education, a lot of them are struggling on their own. And just like as Christians and as educators, how can we pour into the hearts of the students that we serve. And I think um, one of those ways is being vulnerable. And um, a question that I, I asked when we had a conversation with some people in the UK and Christian educators all across the US is who's missing. A question that I raised to um, another person of color who's the interim principal at a school in Philadelphia said, what, what is lost um, when we create a culture of assimilation? which I think sometimes happens when is, I think especially in administration or just leadership is that you have a majority culture that doesn't represent the majority of your student population, if that makes sense. So like at our school, the majority of, of our administration and our staff and faculty are Caucasian, but yet our student population, at least 50% are students of color. And so are we creating a culture of let's embrace all of our differences or are we creating a culture of assimilation? So, so Grace, can I ask a follow-up question on this? Because you, you hit so many different points and so many different I, I, you know, ideas and thoughts and directions I could go in a short yeah. period of time. Yeah. But, but I wanna go back to where you started and then also where you ended, right? So it's kind of this 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 bridge. The place you started was, you know, what's who's missing? People like me. And then at the end, it's you know, it's kind of that conversation of you know, but it, you know, it's are are we even allowed to to be a part of it, right? And bring our yeah. uniqueness and bring our distinctive and bring who we are to the table for you know this diverse student population that we have, and so. We're not really good at schools. And I don't know your full story in the sense that did someone invite you in and say, hey, come work for us? Or was it you more so banging down the door and saying, you need what I have? Um, but how, how do we 
how do we number one get more people like you? Yeah. And then number two is how how do, how are you watching through that vulnerability, through the risk, through you know some of the the deep honesty of saying you know what here's how we embrace the uniquenesses of the different people in our school. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, so okay. hopefully <laughs> I can answer this, this, this three questions. And I would say how we, it was just the heart that the Lord gave me. Uh, before working here at Eagles Landing Christian Academy, I also worked at my college alma mater. So there's just something, each of the two roles that I've had besides teaching English in Korea, I've worked back at my alma mater. So it's like I've lived through it and he's given me the heart to make it much better for the next generation. Um, so that was very intentional on my part uh, once I came back from Korea and I said, hey, I want to go into secondary education. Um, there's a preschool teacher opening. And then just by the grace of God, he led me into the diversity work, um, which has been a passion of mine um, since college. And I think we have to be very intentional on something that I have just wanted to bring up in conversations and not really hearing about it is creating a pipeline of maybe even just a mentoring program of connecting our students of color with Christian educators or just maybe even people outside of Christian education just in because you see more uh, minority um, educators in public schools. But if you want that, I think one of the statistics someone shared is that only 17% of um, there's only 17% of educators that are that are people of color. So it's a very small percentage. And most people, most people of color are going into public schools because they are a product of those schools, right? The same thing with me going to a Christian school. If I didn't go to Christian school, I probably would not be in Christian education. So our student body is becoming more diverse at Christian schools because it's becoming more accessible. Um, and so with that, as the students are graduating, do we have some sort of pipeline or do we have a mentoring program before they graduate for them to have access to professionals that look like them. Because I didn't have, I didn't have for me personally, um, interaction with um, an Asian educator until my freshman year in college. And that was a foreign teacher. And then after that, it was my boss as a welcome center tour guide. So from K3 through 12th grade, I had no interactions with any Asian educators. So I'm, I'm being very, very specific. Um, but even these conversations I'm having nationally, I've only seen one other Asian educator in these conversations. And he's a head of school um, at a school in California. And so actually too, Asians are the largest, um, I believe immigrant population. A lot of people think it's the Hispanics, but it's actually the Southeast Asians that have the fastest growing immigrant population too. And so, um, you know, we're not as high up as some of the other minority populations, but there are you know, different pockets across the nation. And then your second question was, how do we embrace that uniqueness or how do we create that culture of belonging is that um, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And you have it has to be intentional. It can't just be okay. At our school, it was very organic. So that's just the, the presence and the timing that the Lord placed um, just because of some local counties were losing their accreditation and just the demographics here. It just naturally became a more diverse school. Um, so, but I think with leadership, 
administration has to be very intentional and you have to recruit people outside of your own network. So maybe going to, you know, recruiting from HBCUs, colleges, historically black um, universities and colleges, it's um, being able to talk to your alumni and maybe serving them and you know, asking those questions of, did we create an environment that was inclusive or did we just, we had a diverse environment because that's what we have at our school and that's the same thing at, at my university is that you have the diversity right but does everyone feel like they're part of the conversation they're, that's the difference between diversity and inclusion um does everyone feel like they have a seat at the table um so i think by creating different initiatives our school has been very intentional by hiring me as director of diversity we have our student diversity council um, we're celebrating different initiatives, but there's still so much that we need to do. But I think it's just acknowledging those differences and just saying it's okay to be different and just valuing our unique cultures and our unique perspectives. It doesn't mean that I have to agree with every single thing that you say, because we all um, we all know just even within our own teams, right? There's, there's someone that we may disagree with, but um, we need to be able to create those just that sense of community of acceptance and evaluating um, those differences. And Grace, I appreciate your thoughts. And, and I think one of the things that you even like I hear is, is from you is like, even as a school leader, school leaders should be open to those people who are knocking on the door saying, can I help, you know, let me know how I can help. I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable and I want to ask you one last question and you, you can answer it how you want. But I'm a high school counselor. 60% of my students are from Southeast Asia. But very, very, very few in my last 10 years, very few of my students, their parents will allow them to go into education as a profession. Yes. Now, if they get there later in life, they get there later in life. But even when it's coming out of, out of high school and they say, I want to be a teacher, parents will quickly shut that down as an option. And it, how do we begin to change that for some of those students who say, you know what, teaching or education is my calling so that then we can increase that, that pipeline from that population. Any thoughts or wisdom even for someone like me on that? Yeah, that's a really, that is a good, that is a good question. And yeah, that you've been very transparent because that is, that is something, um, there's a lot of cultural norms and stigmas of, and I think just because of it's, it's the salary. One is the big thing is that, and it's not as prestige and Asian culture is like your status and your image is very important uh, to bring honor to your family. But I would say I, in my opinion, it, it is those personal connections. So if we can personally connect with particular groups of students that we do not see in our leadership, I, that is going to be the, the difference maker. Like I can pinpoint specific people that were very intentional in my life, whether it was in high school, whether it was peers or just um, people in college and like my boss that was Asian and people would, all, would always say to me like Grace like you're like a mini Jean so that's her name and that would be such a huge compliment to me but literally it was like falling in her footsteps we were involved with the same thing she graduated from the university as well and so I think it's being able to and <laughs> like me being in education I'm outside of the norm right so I'm not really fitting in um, in that the typical routes that you would see stereotypically for Asians going into different careers. Um, 
but I think it's being able to show students, no matter what race, culture, ethnicity they come from, is to find your is to find your purpose. And for me, my purpose was education because of that lack of representation for me. And so I think being able to just connect that for students. Um, I know for other people, it's like, okay, like I don't see my rep, I don't see myself represented. So this is definitely where I'm not going to be, right? I'm going to go far from this. But I think if you're able to build that rapport with students on an individual level, I know it, that's hard to, for you to do like as a counselor for us as educators, um, when we're so like high, if you're high level, you know, as an executive leader at your school, but I think just having conversations, like for me, I have an open door policy and it, I know it just sounds so small and so silly, but like students will come in here to grab chips. They'll come in here to grab candy. And a lot of times they're like, Miss Lee, why are you being so nice? Or just like, Miss Lee, can I really take some chips? It's like, yes, that's not for me. And so I do that as um, not like a hook, but just to show them the door to open the door for them of just saying, I'm here, I'm available. I see you, I hear you. Um, and that's what I tell my students all the time. That, and they know that about me. I said, look, I, I cannot guarantee that I can do exactly what you want, but I've heard you and I will make sure that I do do something about it. I mean, like I said, it may not be the exact results that you're looking for, um, but just for example, so I know that I may be going over, but uh, there is one of the students that came into my office. She's a cheerleader, very popular, very outgoing. She's African-American. And she, she was emotionally getting choked up in my office. And I knew at that point, like she is deeply just this, this, it, it's a lot of hurt. And she was asking me, Miss Lee, why, why aren't we talking more about the protest or like what has happened this past summer? And our school um, dealt with a lot of the racial insensitivity over the summertime. And I could just, I felt her pain. And so for me as an educator and just say, oh, okay, like, oh, I'm so sorry that that's happened to you. And then just kind of brush it off. That's not my heart. And that's not the heart that the Lord has given me. So I'm praying on what can we do, whether it's a Bible study, whether it's a connection group, and can we start having these conversations, even with five students, I know it's more manageable and to talk about racial reconciliation, talk about like, what does the Lord say about having compassion, having empathy for those that are hurting, um, because there's a lot of people in our society that are hurting. And so can we come alongside these students and say, I may not fully understand what you're going through, but like, I see you and I, I want to hear your pain. Um, and I think at the end of the day, students just want to be heard. And so if you just open up that invitation for them and say, hey, I'm here as a resource, what do you need from me? I have students and you talking about being a counselor. I feel like in some ways, and we do have a, a therapy, we have a a licensed counselor here and she does an amazing job but one of the students was like Miss Lee you could create like you could have a little couch and you could just have like a therapist chair and I have from 12 30 to 2 p.m I can name the number of students that are going to come into my office and there's two junior girls that come in on a regular basis and I'm just like Lord I am so grateful that you have given me this space for them and I don't know for whatever reason why I I, I wonder I was like I've aren't they getting tired of me of just coming in every single day, but it's day after day after day that they just come in. And so I just listen um, to what they have to say. And so I think it's just creating that space for students to feel accepted and that, um, that they feel like that their voice is heard. Grace, I, I know you and I can keep going because there's so many other things I want to know, but that's for another time. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your heart, 
your wisdom and your experience. Glad to be a part of it. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Eric.